We're going to be reading this morning out of uh, Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. Um, Verse 1 says this, and when all of these things come upon you, uh, he's talking about blessing and curses, and, and we'll talk about what he's referencing there in just a minute. When all these things come upon you, the blessings and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, and return to the Lord your God you and your children and obey his voice in all that I command you today with all your heart and with all of your very important there with all your heart and with all of your soul everybody the next word is then everybody say then that's important when you obey the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul then The Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy upon you and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed that you may possess it and he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live and the Lord your God will put all these curses on your foes and enemies who persecuted you, and you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all his commandments that I command you today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, speak to the deep places of our heart, to the deep places of our soul today. Let The light shine upon your word and illuminate it so bright, Father, that we'll have to stumble to get over it, that it'll be so plain and so clear today to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Uh, For those of you that are brand new to Mustang Creek, or maybe you're joining us for the first time online, uh, which I want to thank you for joining us online today. I uh, just want to remind you that the passage that we're referring to here is that the lawyer stood and asked Jesus, what is the most important, what is the most important commandment of all? And Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and the second commandment is likened to the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is called the prayer of the Shema. That is what the Jews and uh, the, the parents and the children, they quote daily. And let me, let me say this personally. I, I find myself uh, quoting this. I find myself reminding myself of this very thing Almost on a daily basis, I find myself saying this. Because how many know what Jesus did when the enemy came against him and began to war and began to attack him? Uh, You know, he said, bow down and worship me. He said, cast yourself down. And and, uh, uh, he came after him over and over again. And over and over again, Jesus responded back with the word. And I find myself on a daily basis when the enemy comes against my heart, against my mind against my soul I find myself saying no I will love the Lord my God I love you with all of my heart come on now I love you with all of my heart I love you with all of my mind I love you with all of my soul so so today um, I believe that this is so important listen to this this reasoning Jesus said these 
This is the most important thing, right? This is the most important commandment. So what's the big deal? I believe that this is dealing with the root of the essence of the problems with man. The sources of the roots, the heart, the soul, the mind, and my strength, if you will, to do what I want to do or do my own thing. But, but the heart, the soul, the mind, the strength are the roots of the problems that we deal with. And so we started out this series in the first part of the year and we dealt with love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. And we talked about that over and over again. And, and so we're going to begin to switch gears into the soul. But listen, the heart is, that's our desires and our affections and our passions, our longings. And, and, and listen, it's, it's also our, our singularity of, of commitment, our exclusiveness. You understand that, that when I said I do to Judy and she said I do to you, we became exclusive. We didn't say I do except for on Tuesdays and Fridays. We said we are exclusive and too often we find that we are struggling with temptations because we have parted our heart out and when those temptations continue to rise up and rise up and rise up over and over again, uh, could it possibly be that we have parted out our affections uh, and said, uh, well, you know, I like these things. I, 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 I'm drawn to these things. I'm passionate about these things. I have desire for these things. Uh, and our heart is not exclusive. When we make room for the things of the world in our hearts, desires, passions, longings, appetites we are literally saying God you have almost all of my heart come on now you have almost all of my heart but here's what I want to do is I want to shift gears and I want to talk to you today about what is the difference between loving God with all of my heart and loving God with all of my soul. And the, the, now, the title of this series is All. Not part of my heart, and not part of my soul, and not part of my mind, and not part of, but with all. So, what's the difference here? As we shift gears to loving God with all of our soul, the soul represents the will of man. The independence, the desire for independence and decision uh, making, the decision making mechanism inside of man, the individuality, the desire for autonomy, if you will. There's the, uh, I, could, I could just uh, uh, whittle it all down into one word, the stubbornness of man. Come on, right? The loving God with all of our Will I was reminded, I was reminded about a passage of scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8 tells the story of Samuel as he has come to the end of his life. Now, now let's just pause and back up. We find there was a previous prophet in the Bible named Eli. And Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they were very wicked, very wicked. And they perverted the office of the priesthood. And uh, so God was, was just disgusted with what Eli was allowing. And God sent a young man named Samuel to come and to live in the temple with the prophet with the old prophet and was raised up 
by the old prophet and his name was Samuel and Samuel judged over all of Israel and the surrounding region as the prophet in the land and we find as he got older we find that that uh, history repeated itself. All of a sudden, he's old and he's feeble, and he turns the judging of the people over to his two sons, and his two sons became perverted and started taking bribes and perverting justice. And, and so the elders of Israel came to Samuel and said, Hey, Samuel, now you're old. Your sons don't follow in your footsteps, in your path, and we want you to appoint us a king so that we can be like the other nations of the world. See, before this, Israel was, was never supposed to be like the other people in the land. How many know that? Wait, 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 come on. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, called to be set apart unto the Lord, right? And so they were never meant to be like the rest of the tribes, like the rest of the nations in the land. And so here they are saying, appoint us a king. Your sons are perverted. They're not walking in your way. We want you to appoint us a king so we can be like the rest of the nations of the world. And this thing highly displeased Samuel. And he went in before the Lord and, and he began to complain and rehearse the, what they had asked for before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Samuel and he said this. He said, chill out. It's in there. Check it out. He said, for the people have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from ruling over them. The people had decided, listen, the people had decided that they did not like the hierarchy that God had set, that they, did, uh, they didn't like um, the, the, the way that uh, the governance, if you will, they were displeased with the governance and they wanted a different way because they didn't like God's way. Ouch. That kind of hurts, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like the church today, doesn't it? We don't like God's way of governing things. And so we often want a different way than God's way. How, how many are the books that have been written on the strong-willed child? How many have a strong-willed child? How many were the strong-willed child? Come on, yeah, be honest. And, and so, uh, but, but uh, listen, maybe we need to write a book on the strong-willed Christian. Come on now. Ouch. Listen, how many, when you begin to see evidence of something going on in you physically, when you see evidence of something that you're struggling with in your body, you go to you go to the doctor and that's diagnosis day you don't know what the issue is you don't know what you're struggling with all you know is that things aren't the way they're supposed to be so you go to the doctor and you let him you tell him your symptoms uh, and you let him diagnose you as he practices medicine on you right well today is diagnosis day because i believe with all of my heart that most of the Christian world is not seeing the fullness of what God promised that he would do in his word. I believe that we are falling far short of the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe we're falling far short of the promises that God made to us as believers. 
I'm not saying this is the only reason, but I'm saying this is a great, one of the big reasons. Now listen, if we, if we go back and we back up a couple of chapters and we look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 and chapter 29, chapter 28 is famous in the Bible. Many can quote things out of Deuteronomy 28 because it's, uh, it's the blessings of God. God. God tells Moses, tell the people if they'll do the things that I've commanded them, if they'll obey and uh, they'll follow after me with all their heart and with all their soul, then, uh, uh, then I, will, I will just heap blessings on them. And what you'll probably recognize is he said that uh, I'll bless you in your coming in. I'll bless you in your going out. I'll bless you in your rising up. I'll bless you and you're laying down. I'll bless you when you go into the country. I'll bless you when you go into the city. I'll bless what you put your hands to. I'll give you the place that you put the soles of your feet. And so for half of the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, he's talking about all of these blessings. But for the rest of the chapter and the following chapter, he talks about the horrific curses that will call, fall upon people if they do not surrender and follow his commands so the question is why am I not walking and experiencing the fullness of what God has promised let's look at this today number one God gave man the gift of choice God gave all of us, aren't you glad God gave all of us choice? He gave us the gift of choice. Deuteronomy, again, chapter 30, verse 1 says, And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations, where the Lord your God has driven you and return to the Lord your God you and your children and obey his voice in all that I command you today with all of your heart and with all of your soul let's pause right there I want to just point out that God sets two paths before all of us God sets two ways, choices, in front of us. God is not a bait and switch God. You know what I'm talking about? God, I, I know that in the church world today, we have come to the place where we make the gospel or we make Christianity, we make this serving God thing, uh, we, we try to make it user-friendly and we try to dumb it down as much as we can uh, so that we can put... Uh, 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 I don't know if I want to say that. So that we can put butts in the seat and tithe in the offering plate. And let me tell you something. Uh, God does not make it easy. Uh, God said there are two paths uh, and they are real and they are serious. And you choose this path and it's life. And you choose this path and it's death. And he tells us up front. Oh man. Y'all are all mad at me now, right? But it's truth. It's truth we perverted. We perverted. We tried to make this thing simple and easy. And Well, if I want to, yeah. If I don't want to, well, it's okay. God's such a merciful God. God's such a kind God. God doesn't care. Yes, he does. That's why he said the word, all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, right? God has always allowed man the gift of choice. We have a choice as to who we will serve. We have a choice as to what path we will take in life. We have a choice as to our life's destination. God gave us the gift of choice. Listen, I, we could go all the way back to the garden and God set Adam in this beautiful garden and he said, look, Adam, you can have all of this. You can eat of all of this. But Adam, 
Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the center of the garden. Don't eat that. Now, listen, what God didn't do is suspend it up in the heavens where Adam, Adam couldn't get to it and say, now you can see it, but I'm not, I, I don't trust you, and I'm not going to allow you the opportunity to have choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suspend it up here in the heavens. I'm going to show it to you, but I'm going to put it out of you. I'm going to childproof earth. Come on now. And I'm not ever going to allow you to have choice and experience the consequences of your choices. Come on now. God, from the very beginning, gave us choice as a gift. Listen, God didn't shield us from the consequences of our bad choices. Listen, listen to this statement real quick. Everybody in the house, you feel you, you normally fall in one or two camps. Hear this, hear this. We either don't want the consequences of our choices or we're fearful that God will stop loving us if we ever mess up and make a bad choice now if I had all day long or all week long we could pause right here and talk about what the church world is often uh, it, it's it's kind of bipolar one way or the other it's sloppy grace or or we don't even understand grace so so come on think about that this morning it's either um, uh, it's either oh God's okay with everything because he just he he loves everybody and it, you know he doesn't care about uh, about he doesn't sweat the small stuff and all that kind of stuff or uh, God's gonna strike me dead the first mistake I make right so we we tend to fall in one of those camps but let me just pause for a minute and talk on the on the ladder for just a second see some don't want to let go of the control in life come on now we're talking about loving God with all of our soul, our will, our decision-making, our independence, our, our autonomy, uh, a desire for autonomy. Um, but, and we, we can't let go of control. But the second part that I want to pause is some of us are scared to death of making a wrong choice because we're excommunicated if we don't understand grace. But here, here's what I want to say to you on that side of the fence who, who are all the, side, all the time fearful of God's not going to love me. God's not going to be able to care. Listen, we grow through grace. We grow. And he teaches us as we make mistakes. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 12. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? From one fatherless person to many, I feel like that we don't have the understanding of how a father treats his children. I, I could have swore it was you from the side, Roderick, yesterday. I went to the parts store and I looked over and uh, I saw this, this young man. He, he, I, just from a side view, I was thinking, that's Roderick. I started talking to him. It wasn't Roderick. But man, I, I watched that daddy and uh, his little boy came up to the counter and, and uh, he was asking his daddy for something and he said to his, uh, I, I don't even know why I'm telling this, but I, yeah, I do. Anyway, and, and, uh, and he said, son, now you just got that money. If you spend money every time you get it, if you can't hold on to money, you're going to have trouble your whole life. And the little boy is like, I he wanted this present down here. You know, they set him at the counter, so just for that reason, he won this present and, and uh, uh, this, this prize. And, and he picked up two of them, and he said, Son, do you think that you even have enough money for two presents? He said, you're going to learn a lesson. Hey, put them up here on the counter. We're going to learn a lesson today. 
They'd be ringing it up. But he had to choose between the two to learn a lesson. I, I had to go next door, and I came back to the parts house, and I saw him loading up his son. And I was like, dude, good job, Daddy. Good job. Man, we don't, because of the absence of fathering, we don't really understand how a father really treats his children well and trains his children well. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son endure hardship as discipline God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline then you are not legitimate not true sons and daughters at all see we must Choose who's going to be in charge of our life. God has this amazing way of teaching us, and we don't have to be fearful of, you know what, I'm strong-willed, I'm stubborn, I, I'm, I'm this, that, or the other. Um, if we will have the right heart uh, and the right attitude towards God, uh, God will be patient with us uh, as he trains and teaches us out of that. But we think that automatically, the first time we mess up, God does this. God is a loving father that teaches us. We've got to decide who will be in charge. Who will be God in our life? God has a plan for your life and for my life. We have to choose which plan we're going to walk out. God gave man the gift of choice. Look at number two. We have two natures struggling for dominance within us. We have two natures struggling for dominance within us. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 3. It says, Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you, and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If you're outcast or in the uttermost parts of heaven... From there, the Lord your God will gather you, and from there, he will take you, and the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it, and he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. And the Lord your God will put all of these curses on your foes and enemies who persecuted you. And you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all of his commandments that I have commanded you today. Salvation has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. When the word of God says there, he says, I put all of these amazing things before you I put all of these blessings before you and all of these curses before you and you're sitting there and you're overwhelmed saying but I can't do all of those things well exactly that's why Jesus came right okay but they're saying it's it's so weighty it's so overwhelming there's you know if we mess up look at all of those curses and and uh, uh, the word of God says as Moses is talking to them he says remember the scripture that says the word of God is not even in the mouth he this is the passage of scripture that that comes for he said don't say who's going to go up to heaven and bring those kinds of blessings down because we can't get them who's he said don't say who's going to go over to the other side of the ocean because it's too vast for us it's too difficult it's too impossible for us and who's going to go over there and bring that blessing over because we don't have the ability to be that good he said for God himself will circumcise your heart so that you can have the gift of choice 
and you can walk in the favor of God. Will we be perfect all the time? No. But he says, I will make it possible. Salvation, listen, salvation is the birth of the God nature on the inside of mankind. Salvation is the birth of the God nature on the inside of mankind. And listen, we have these two natures on the inside of us that are struggling against each other and one nature will rule and the other nature will be subservient. We often want our old nature to rule. Come on now. See, we, we need to realize, and I'll probably say this again, but we have come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of light, and there's been a change in kings. Come on now. There's, but what we think is, oh, there's just going to be, you know, life's going to get a little bit better now because, you know, I ask him to forgive me and I go to church every now and then and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm just going to modify my behavior a little bit. That ain't this, y'all. There's a change in kingdoms. And when there's a change in kingdoms, there's a change in kings. Yeah, come on. And there's, on the inside of us, when we are born again, there's a new nature that comes alive, the God nature. And one of the two natures on the inside of us is going to rise up. We often want our old nature to rule. Don't mess with my stuff. I'll go to church. I might even pay tithe, but don't mess with my stuff. Come on now, because we like being the boss. Mm. See, in the scripture, when we're talking about the old nature and the new nature, I, Watch this. Listen to this. The, the Old Testament is full of allegories. Uh, of allegories. I think I'm saying that right. They're uh, allegories, okay? It, it's full of allegories. It's full of types and typicals. Uh, and as you look through uh, the, the Old Testament, you'll find uh, that our father Abraham, the beginning uh, of, of uh, the father of faith, um, here we find Abraham, uh, and he and Sarah are childless, and, and God tells Tells them, I'm going to give you a child in your old age. I'm going to do the impossible. I'm going to give you a supernatural promise of a life and of, of, of passing your inheritance down. I'm going to give you a promise. And when it didn't happen soon enough, Sarah said, you know, I just got to have a child. I just, she decided she was going to help God out. So she gave Abraham his concubine and said, go procreate. And so Isaac, not Isaac, but Ishmael was born. Ishmael was the firstborn in Abraham's house. And he began to get older and all of a sudden God gave them the promised child, which was Isaac. Isaac was born and when he got to a certain age they had a party they had a celebration and and they they celebrated Isaac and and uh, the older Ishmael Ishmael began to poke fun of Ishmael began to lash out and and belittle and berate Isaac the the second born the the younger brother and and listen you don't mess with a mama and her cubs and Mama Bear got ugly. She rose up and she said, Get that concubine and that child out of here. The scripture says that he would not be heir with the promised child. Listen, I, I want to let me give you something here that I 
I need you to understand. Often, we won't make the older child, the old flesh that was born first, we won't step up and humble it and, and make it bow down and make it die daily and suppress it or send it out of the camp realizing this is not where my inheritance is going to come from because we're too afraid we're going to miss a good time. Read my lips today. What you may not understand is that Ishmael can still be blessed. Y'all didn't hear that. Ishmael is the son of the flesh. Ishmael was the firstborn. Uh, Ishmael uh, is the, has the, it's the old nature. It's the ugly nature. Uh, but when uh, my spirit man is born, uh, if it will rise up, if it will become strong, uh, and it will push down and take its authority in my life, uh, my flesh uh, will be blessed uh, because it's now subservient to my spirit. Uh, my health will be better. My mind will be better. My finances will be better. Better. My relationships will be better. My flesh will be blessed because of the condition of my spirit. Woo! Come on now. Y'all gonna mess around and get me excited. One is born to rule, and the other was born to serve. Go back through the scriptures and see that the younger continually rules over the older. Go back and look at the allegories in the scripture. We find that Cain killed Abel and the blessing passed on to Seth we find that Ishmael and Isaac, Ishmael was sent away and Isaac got the full inheritance of the father. We find that Esau was born first. They were twins, but Esau foot popped out and they tied a ribbon around it and then but I mean he he came out first and and uh, so we find that um, that Esau was rejected but Jacob got the inheritance we find over in Egypt when they were in bondage for 400 years Joseph had been sold into slavery but by God's ord ordaining a, a plan God, God raised up Joseph he was second only to Pharaoh uh, he had children in the land uh, and, uh, and here we find uh, uh, the, him providing for his, his father Jacob Israel, Jacob and all of his brothers uh, and when it came time uh, and Jacob was at the end of his days he was laying on his deathbed and Joseph came in and the scripture said he mustered up all the strength that he could he sat up on the side of his bed him and Joseph had a moment because he was the favored son and then Joseph turned around and brought his sons Manasseh and Ephraim and he placed Manasseh under his right hand and Ephraim under his left hand because Manasseh was the oldest and when Jacob reached out his hands to bless Joseph's sons he swapped his hands. And Joseph was very displeased. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, Dad. You've made a mistake. And he said, no, I haven't. Scripture says there was the first man, Adam, and there was the last man, Adam. Come on now. We're talking the older will serve the younger. The old flesh man, if we want to walk in the favor of God, if we want to walk in the blessing of God, if we want the fullness of the inheritance of God, the older, the one that was born first, the flesh man, has to bow down and serve the spirit man. There's a, 
amazing inheritance that will only ever be realized by the younger and not the older. We often want them to be equal. We have two natures struggling for dominance within us. It's diagnosis day. And we often wrestle with, I need you to hear this clearly because I made a grave mistake I made a grave cultural mistake. There are two natures struggling within us. And we've forgotten in our culture who's king. I began to pray. I began to seek God. And I said last week that I felt like we needed to get back to the things that really matter to God. And I even said to my staff, so staff, if you're in the house, I need your ears to perk up. I even said to my staff, I want to be a church that hosts the presence of God well. With all my heart, my passion, my desire, I'm telling you, I wanted to get back to the things that meant something to God. I want the glory of God here. I want the presence of God here. But culturally, biblically, culturally I was right, but biblically I was dead wrong. Because to host the presence of God means we own the house and God is a guest in his own house. I don't want to host the presence of God when he visits my house. I want to be a steward of God in his own house where he reigns, where he is God and he is God alone. Because I want the blessing and favor of God in his house. more in other areas of our life have we gotten it culturally right but biblically wrong I want what I want I don't like the governance structure of God I want a different king on a different authority structure. I want to be like the tribes of the nations of the world around me. Diagnosis day. Why are we not walking in the fullness, in the favor, in the blessing, in the promises, in the power? in the anointing of Almighty God. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Church, who will be king? Who will be king love the Lord your God with all of your heart that's a powerful statement that's a powerful point it's powerful when you understand it but right next to that just right next to that To love the Lord your God, watch, with your decision-making mechanism, with your will, 
with that part of you that wants autonomy, with that part of you that wants your own way. My desire today is not even that you walk out of here going, oh, I know what it is. I know this area or that area. Let's just get to the root. I have a strong-willed child problem. I have a strong-willed child issue. I have a decision-making issue. I have a surrender issue. I have an obedience issue. Not loving God with all of my soul. So when we come down to why are we not walking in the fullness of God? Why are we not walking in the fullness of the inheritance, the fullness of the blessing? Man, this is going to mess some of you up. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm, I've changed so much of my life. I'm, I'm not... I'm not walking in sin anymore like I used to. I'm not going clubbing and, and partying and I'm not, uh, you know, drinking in excess. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm keeping some of the rules. Most of the rules. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. I don't care if you keep all the rules. You can keep all the rules on the outside and still not surrender on the inside. Who will be king? Today, I want to just take just a few moments. Just a few moments. We, we've already spent time in the altars this morning. But just right where you are, would you take just a few moments right where you are and just close your eyes all over the house if you're watching online? Would you just... Slip your hands up and say, God, I, I want you to help me with this diagnosis today. Do I have a soul problem? Do I have a soul problem? Come on. Come on, let him... Let him speak to your heart today. Come on. Come on, just press in for a minute. Come on. Come on. Let's just spend a moment in his presence. Come on. Lead us in a song of surrender this morning. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. My whole life down before you. Oh, I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. My whole life now is for you. Oh, I lift my hands up, lay my
Jesus Christ, he's the high king of heaven, my king forever, high king of heaven, my king forever, the high king of heaven, my king forever, he's high king of heaven, my king forever, high king of heaven, you're my king forever. Church, it's an action point today. Would you spend some time at home in your prayer time, in your moments alone, saying, God. I chosen another king? Are you really king in my life? God, who's the boss in my life? Am I truly surrendered or just forgiven? Oh, come on, come on, come on. Am I truly surrendered or just forgiven? Listen, I'm talking about going to another level, going to another place in the kingdom of God. You have gone into a new kingdom. Now it's time to find out how that kingdom operates and stop trying to operate in the old kingdom's ways and giving too much attention to those that aren't really king at all. Guys, I love you. Let's go on this journey. Come on. Let's go on this journey together. This is going to be fun, y'all. God bless you. Thanks for watching online. I love you. You're dismissed.